If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Patreon.com slash SPFVGS. Welcome everyone to uh, Super Yeah, Keep it in. Joe and edit that out. That's the raw audio. This is Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 191. Perfect. First take, only take. That's how it works. Nailed it. I forgot the name of the show. That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. So either this is a show that we've done for ten years, and I forgot what it was called halfway through announcing the beginning of the show. So either you're so old that you're starting to lose your memory in general. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that, or that just shows us how much we care about this show now, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those two. Oh my goodness! So, yeah, I'm one of your co-hosts, as always, Mike Lopez, the one with the good memory. Is how they oh, the one me. with the very good memory. Yeah. Doesn't mess up reading things or remembering Never things. Never struggles to read anything. Ever. <laughs> with me, as always, is David. I'm finally growing a beard, Tate. Eh, not really. I just haven't shaved in a, in a week or so. And it's it looks a, That's awful. how it starts. It all starts with just not shaving for a week. Yeah, but it looks really bad. Every time I... So this is what I do. I go for mm-hmm. about a week without shaving, right? Yeah. And then... I look at myself again in the mm-hmm. mirror. I go, I go a whole week without looking. No, I'm just kidding. I really do look. But um, but like after we get to about a week's worth of growth, I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, this is not working. This, I can't, I have to, I have to shave this off. It looks terrible. So do um, you, do you use like an electric trimmer or do you use a, a razor? Yeah, no, I use an electric one. Um, okay. Can you set that back? You can set it to just like scruffy, right? And just like keep it even while it grows in. Yeah, I could, but the thing is, I don't think it's just... I just don't think it's ever going to grow in. Welcome to Super Best Beards Video Game Sleepover, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I have way more opinions on beards than on video games. <laughs> oh, I think you might be right about that, actually. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but tell us more. Tell tell me more about this show, Super Best Friends Video Game yeah, Sleepover. Yeah, yeah, so like. this show comes to you once every... when we feel like it. Yeah. Uh, to discuss a topic that one of us brings up from the world of video games and sometimes mm-hmm. beards. Yeah, sometimes beards, that's right. And generally, what we do around these parts is we start off with a little section we like to call, What Are You Playing At? Oh, oh, I like this. I like this part. Can I go first? Yes, please. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so, if you'll remember... On the last episode, you probably, I'm sure you don't remember. On the Who last wouldn't episode- remember? It was like yesterday. <laughs> on the last episode of SBF EGS, uh, I talked about how I was playing Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, mm. Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And, a little uh, indie I, darling. A little, yeah, you may have heard of this one. Stop me if you've not, you know, heard of this game. Um, but... Uh, I told you guys I would likely have a pizza rating on the next episode because I would probably beat the game. And uh, I delivered on that promise, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh, uh, I goodness. have beaten The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, and uh, I do have a re- little tiny mini review for you guys if you, uh, you want to hear it. Um, please note, um, there will be some gameplay mechanic spoilers in this mm-hmm. review, but no story spoilers. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're playing Zelda games for the story, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> It's all a rich tapestry. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, it, it, and it's wild. We'll start out with the story because um, uh, in this game, for some reason, they just, even though the characters are the same characters from uh, Breath of the Wild, mm-hmm. um, it's the same Link in the same Zelda. It's not like an alternate universe or anything like that um, from the previous game. But, like, they just completely ignore the fact that Ganon literally just attacked them. Um, and now it's Ganondorf. Like, they, there's no... Like, for me, I'm like, well, wait a minute. How how did we just kill Ganon, but now we're fighting Ganondorf? You know, like... Because in my mind, they're the same character. But in this mm-hmm. game, they're just like, ah, don't, don't pay no attention to the fact that they have the same name. That has nothing to do with anything. So... Uh, <laughs> And, and by the way, this is like in the very beginning of the game. They just are like, yeah, we beat Ganon. Oh, no, here's Ganondorf. And nobody's like, but we just defeated a Ganon. Like, you know, maybe Ganon is like the John, you know, of, of the Zelda universe. There's just, oh, just like every third person you meet is yeah, named Ganon. Maybe. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I can't. So that's weird. The story. I kind of like that idea, though. That would really, that really changes that universe. <laughs> Like, if you think about, like, you get to the big evil bad guy in the giant floating castle, and his name is Craig. <laughs> Craig! You know? Just Craig If it's Smith. the equivalent. I like it. <laughs> so, you know, again, the story of Zelda has basically gotten, I would almost say, worse and worse over the generations. Like, I think that's I feel, fair. I feel like in the, like... <laughs> when the manuals did the heavy lifting of the storytelling, mm-hmm. um, I was able to fill in the gaps better and make it like um, more epic in my mind as to what was happening. You know, when it was like more premise than lore. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, then they like tried that. They're, they're trying to convolute like a cr- like every game is developed in its own silo, and then they try to like put it into a rich tapestry of of lore that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, this was the first Zelda game, and then they make another Zelda game. Now this was the first Zelda game. Okay, whatever. Like, it's fine. You didn't... It's not all in the same universe. You're trying too hard. (laughs) Just let each game be its own thing. Anyway, all that to say, um, I think Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom have really bad stories. But for me, that's not (laughs) what makes a video game. Um, So... um, so anyway, that that just to put that aside, that's a little like caveat. Um, it has nothing to do with the rest of my review. Um, sure. I actually didn't even write this section. This was just something I felt like I should probably add because some people do play video games for for story. In fact, we did an episode of, of this very show ten years ago, however long ago, uh, talking about you know one of the questions was what is your number one most important thing to have in a video game, and I think all of us said story. But I totally don't agree with that anymore. Like, I mm. I couldn't care less if a game has a good story in it, um, as long as it has fun gameplay mechanics. And so, that said, Tears of the Kingdom uh, has uh, some very fun gameplay mechanics. Um, first of all, y- they've removed the entire kit from Breath of the Wild. Like, uh, the you know, he had like a little, little like 
a wheel where you could pick your powers and you know one of them was bombs you just had infinite bombs uh one of them was i don't even remember what half of them were i think one of them would freeze the object for a while and then you could do all kinds of like kinetic damage to it and then after it was unfrozen it would go whatever direction you were smacking it um all of those are gone and in tears of the kingdom you've got uh these five different powers um and uh and they're really cool so yeah let me let me back up for a second um when i thought um when when this game was coming out right it was like weeks away from being released and they were not showing anything about the game and i think they were trying to build up to something you know mm-hmm. um, i think they were trying to like build up the hype uh by not telling us anything and to me that had the opposite effect i was not excited about this game at all i was like hey this game's just a sequel um to breath of the wild which is gonna be i'm sure it's gonna be good yeah but i didn't think it was gonna blow me away um and you know i knew it had the same map as 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 breath of the wild but man i was i was so wrong and and getting back into the new completely new power-ups i did not expect them to get rid of every power-up from the previous game and replace them with an entirely new kit um and that's exactly what they did there's this one power-up um that almost feels broken um which is called ascend and so Mm -hmm. what that is is you know you if you stand under an object um in most cases you can just jump up to the ceiling jump and then crawl through the ceiling and come out the other side um anyway amazing mechanic um and it was so easy to forget that you had that power like so every now and then i would be like stuck in a cave and i'd be like man what do i what i'm stuck in here how do i get out of here and then you know i'll remember oh right i can just go up (laughs) so um so anyway great mechanic um there are uh, also like other ways that they differentiated it from Breath of the Wild. Um, there was so much more variation in all the different side quests. Um, like you could run around the world. Like there's this one side quest where you like become a newspaper reporter and, you know, you have to go around to the whole world and like find like follow these stories, mm-hmm. um, like little side stories of like Princess Zelda sightings and uh, that was really fun. Oh, she's like um, she's like missing in this game. Oh yes, uh huh, yeah. Again, I didn't even go into that because the sure, story sure. literally doesn't I matter. It, so, I, mean, I, I assume she was missing. That's usually how it goes. She's usually missing. Yeah, you, it's rare that she's just there fighting with you. Although I think in Breath of the Wild she wasn't missing for most of it, and then she gets captured or something. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. It's been so long. <laughs> but uh, um. There were also more things to collect in this game, like um, that made a significant difference in your gameplay. For example, um, there were so many different kinds of armor to chase, um, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were really hard to find, um, which was really cool. Um, and you know, the upgrading system is still the same. You go to a great fairy, and she gives you a big smooch, and then your armor gets more powerful. Um, but uh, you can upgrade them like four times this time, which I think is more than the last one, although I have not researched that, so I could be wrong. Um, but, you know, there were a lot of armor sets that were from Breath of the Wild, but then there were also a lot of new ones, too. Um, and then there were some that were only DLC that I think you had to, to pay for for Breath of the Wild that were just in this game, too, like um, like the Ocarina of Time uh, outfit is back. And this time you don't have oh, to okay. give Nintendo more money to collect it. Um, which is pretty cool. Uh, and also, oh, they added way more enemy types 
than they had in Breath of the Wild. Like, I, definitely more than double, maybe three times as many enemy types in this game. Like, just different okay. kinds of enemies to fight, uh, which helped tremendously. Because um, if I remember about uh, Breath of the Wild, it was like, you know, once you went to like five or six different camps, you kind of saw every enemy type in the game, pretty much except for like bosses. Um, um, and then also they added, they brought dungeons back into this game. So mm -hmm. all of these things made this game more fun to me than Breath of the Wild already. Um, but then, so the, so those were addressing criticisms that I that I had about Tears of the or Breath of the Wild, but then the game also um, addressed things that I didn't uh, like, didn't realize were issues. Like for example, I didn't know, I didn't realize I was missing dungeons when I played Breath of the Wild because that previously was my favorite Zelda game ever. Um, and then once I got to Tears of the Kingdom and I did the first dungeon, I was like, oh man, I missed this. This was great. This is Zelda, you know. Um, so that was great. And I loved the new skills and everything. Uh, but however, I did walk away from the game with some criticisms. Okay. I, I didn't just love the game without any caveats. Um, here's one thing. Um, every time you beat a dungeon, you get a new sage that follows you around um, and like fights with you and helps you um, attack. And they all have their own special ability that you can trigger on them. Um, but the problem is you have to physically locate their character as they're running around with you. And they have their own AI. They kind of do their own pathfinding and stuff. And you huh. have to like, while you're fighting something, you literally have to like turn around and like find that, that character that you want to use the power of. And you have to like hit a while you're looking at them and then it will trigger their power. And so like you're in the, in, if you're in the heat of combat with like a really good, like sword one-on-one -on -one sword play, um, it's, <laughs> you just are gonna take hits, uh, if you like suddenly turn around and start looking for your person that you want to trigger. Um, so that kind of sucked. And then also some, it was really easy to accidentally trigger their powers too. Like if you're going to pick up an item, um, there's this one sage that has a power that like creates a force of like a gale of wind that pushes, um, mm -hmm. and <laughs> there are countless times where I was going to like pick up a bomb flower and I, you know, hit the button to pick it up, which happens to be the same button that you use to trigger a, a sage. The sage just kind of walks up in front of the item. And instead of picking up the item, the sage blows the item away. <laughs> and that, that happens so many times. Um, so anyway, that was kind of annoying. Uh, I also, this is a weird criticism. It almost sounds like a humble brag, but the game almost has too much to do. Like the game was so big. Sometimes I would boot it up. And I would kind of feel like this weird, like choice paralysis. Like I, what do I do? What, what should mm. I do? Like, I, I only have an hour. Should I even bother playing right now? Because like that, I'm not even going to make a dent in this game. Um, so that happened quite a bit, um, which it's a weird criticism, but to me, it's, it's valid. Like, you know, I want to just op turn on a game and like, just know what I'm going to go do. Um, and sure. it was hard for me to decide that sometimes in tears of the kingdom. Um, and then finally, kind of along that line, um, the, uh, the, the side, they did like improve the side quest system. Like you've got this, this line of this line of quests that have like text and they have little reminders of what you're supposed to do in the text. Um, but, uh, oftentimes the, it'll put a marker on your map, but oftentimes the marker on the map is indicating where the quest giver is and not where the actual like destination oh, you need to go to yeah. is. And so, um, 
you know, especially for the long, like a, a side quest that I totally forgot about. Uh, if I came back to it, I would like chase down where that dot was on the map and realize, oh no, that's just the quest giver. That's not where I need to go. Dang it. <laughs> um, so that it was a little bit of a bummer. Not again, not a deal breaker, just like, you know, un, not intuitive. Um, and, and there were a couple times where like the game was like, okay, now go find this thing. And then it doesn't really, you like see it in a cutscene, but it doesn't like, I don't want to get too specific about this cause this is kind of a story spoiler, but, um, I was looking for a particular item and the cutscene uh, that told me I needed to um, find the item, like kind of showed me where it was, but didn't tell me how to get there. Um, and then I just spent like 30 minutes, like trying random things to get to the item and not really figuring out how to do it. And then I looked it up online and I was like, oh, duh. So anyway, I wish the game had told me during that side quest, hey, go, this is how you do this, you know? Um, or, or led me to an NPC that told me that. So, again, you know, no game is perfect. Um, and these, you know, this game has issues. But that said, um, I loved this game with all of my heart. To the point where I started, um, I started, like, getting sad that the game was coming to an end, you know? And, like, when it was time for me to, like do the final quest, you know, I got to the point where I'm basically like, I don't want to stop playing this game, but if I never stop playing this game, I will miss out on so many other games that have come out this year. <laughs> um, so I decided to like drop, I didn't finish every, I didn't hundred percent the game, but I decided to like kind of stop letting myself do whatever I wanted to do um, and start focusing on the, the, the final mission. Um, and I was sad. I was like, I didn't want to do it, but I had to do it. So, Despite the issues I had with the game, you're probably curious what my pizza rating is, Mike. Would you say? I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a one out of five, but go ahead and hit me. <laughs> uh, ultimately, I give The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom six out of five entire pizzas. Oh my gosh. I know. This is the best game ever. <laughs> uh, the game was incredible. It's now my favorite Zelda game, which is replacing Breath of the Wild as my favorite Zelda game. Um, I did not anticipate loving this game as much as I do, but I do love this game tremendously. Um, and yeah, that's that's my review of uh, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, right. Have you have you played this game at all, Mike? Are you at all no. interested in it? Did my no. description help you become more interested in it? Did my enthusiasm rub off on you? Are you going to play this game? <laughs> I don't think I will. I mean, oh. uh uh <laughs> review is excellent right it makes it sound like 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 a lot of fun i've seen a lot of videos and people discussing it and i know there's like a lot of building and collecting of things oh uh, i didn't even mention the building yeah the building is incredible kind of big mechanic <laughs> yeah I, when i well, i think when i look at tears of the kingdom it reminds me of like why i don't like farm simming games because sometimes i look at it and like oh man that looks like so much work <laughs> gotta run around and get a bunch of stuff so I can build things so that I can get to the thing I was trying to do in the first place. That's and, so And I know funny. that's like a, it's a super glib way to look at it. It's like not, I get what is fun about all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes I just look at it and like, man, it looks like so much work to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's so funny is one of my buddies uh, that I work with, Tyler, he feels the same way. He's like, listen, the build mechanic's cool and it's amazing that it works, but I don't want to work to beat this to play this game i want to just play and it's funny because to me the building didn't feel like work it felt like playing with legos um mm. 
But I could see that feeling like it worked to some people. Like, for example, um, some people really like games uh, where you ha where you have to like, um, oh, what's the like problem solve a lot, like mm -hmm. like figure out problems. And I don't like those games because that's what I do all day at work. You know, I, I sure. work in visual effects for TV shows and movies. Sure. Basically, what happens is filmmakers give us shots and they're like, OK, we, we have a problem with the way we shot this. Fix it. And I hate that. So <laughs> I don't hate it, but it's what I do for a living all day. So I don't want to fix problems, you know, in a game or, you know, in whatever it is. So. Um, so, yeah, I get I get the building thing. Some people felt like work. It never felt like work to me. Uh, it's really weird that I didn't mention it earlier in my review, but <laughs> I actually loved the building mechanic. And uh, especially you unlock a power later on in the game that makes building even easier. Um, and you start collecting like blueprints and stuff. Um, so you don't have to like physically construct things every time. Um, and uh, I really did have a lot of fun with that. But anyway, I, I digress. Continue with your uh, why you're not super interested. I mean that's that's I mean I I I beat uh I beat Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. and it was fine. I didn't love it. Um I didn't really care for the durability mechanics. I didn't really care for oh, the combat. Right. The story mm -hmm. we've already talked about is, you know, nothing to write home about. So I beat it and I was like, well that was okay. Um and then Tears of the Kingdom trailer came out and I was like, well that looks like almost the same thing with a building mechanic on top, so <laughs> I've already played that. And you're not going to trick me twice. Oh, man. Yeah, and again, those are valid criticisms. Um, but the map is very different. I didn't even talk about how much more space they added. Um, so, for example, you know, a very common theme in Zelda is the light world and dark world. Mm -hmm. um, and this game has that. There, there. It's, it's not literal. I mean, in some ways it is literally a dark world, but in other... It's... It's a twist on on the mechanic, but let's just say the map is at least double in size from Breath of the Wild. But then you also include the sky stuff, and it's even more. So, um, so the game is gigantic, and you know, again, that is also very daunting. Um, <laughs> but uh, but but if you don't like um, durability in particular. Um, I first of all, I've learned there's no way to convince someone that durability is good actually if they hate it because they mm -hmm. will, they just hate it. Um, uh, and two, it's in it's in Tears of the Kingdom too. They did improve it. I will say they they made it so um, if you have a regular weapon, it has about the same durability that it had um, in uh, Breath of the Wild. But then if you add something, you can like uh, using the build mechanic, you can add an attachment to the weapon. And it becomes, you know, basically twice as durable, if not three times as durable. Um, but again, it's still going to break eventually. And so if you're the type of player that really wants to hold on to that weapon you love, um, <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom is really going to make you sad. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> But I will say I was never at a point in Tears of the Kingdom... Um, and I did get to this point in Breath of the Wild sometimes, but where I, like, I was running so low on weapons that I, w like, w had to go hunt for more weapons. I was never at that point. I always just had them. Because yeah. killing monsters got you the parts you needed to make literally any weapon good. So you didn't have to, like, go hunt a good weapon. You, you could take any crummy weapon and turn it into a good weapon. So that, that was, that was helpful, at least. Yeah. Um, My kid is actually, uh, playing through Breath of the Wild right now. She, she started that 
years ago, right? But she never beat mm-hmm. it, so she started it over. Yeah. And she came to me the other day and was like, hey, can you help me with this boss? Because like, I can't beat it. And I was like, yeah, sure, sure. And I hop in and I realize the problem is that she's got two weapons on her. Both are going to break in like two hits. Oh, I was no. like, well, here's your problem. <laughs> so Yeah, that's a problem. Yep. Yeah. So it's like, well, can you leave? And she's like, I, I don't think I can leave the dungeon. And I was like, all right, well. We'll, we'll figure it out. And we took us like an hour, but we figured out a way to do it. Um, oh, okay. But yeah, yeah, so I'm glad they've kind of fixed that particular gripe, though. Yeah, I mean, you have to have some, you have to have something in your inventory. Like you can't make a weapon out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so I just maybe maybe it's just the way I play because I know my weapons are gonna break. I just always had my inventory full of uh, weapons I could add attachments to at a moment's notice. Um, sure. But, uh, but yeah, so that's my review. Six out of five entire pizzas. Go play The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, little indie game. You may have heard of it by a little <laughs> indie developer named Nintendo. <laughs> uh, and then, so that's one aspect. And also, I'm go. sorry how, one how long I'm taking. Uh, but also, so once I beat uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, mm-hmm. I started. Um, so I, I had this fun experience for the first time. I got married last September, in case you guys aren't familiar with my story uh got married last september and for the first time in my life my wife uh was aware of a video game sale my wife's not really a gamer and but she knew that steam was having a summer sale and she was like hey david there's a steam summer sale going on right and i was like yeah she's like why don't you get yourself something nice from it you know and i was like wow okay i will and you know to preface that and all the married people out there are going to roll their eyes, but it's not that I literally needed her permission, but out of respect for her, I tend to not just buy games willy nilly. I like talk with her about it. Um, just because like, you know, um, I want this to be a partnership. Anyway, all that to say, uh, I, I did, I bought two games. I bought, um, um, uh, what is it called? Star Wars Jedi survivor. Nice. Um, and I bought the Dead Space remake. Um, oh, yeah. Because those games were both pretty on a pretty good sale. I wanted to buy Resident Evil 4, but it's not on sale yet. So yeah. I'm going to wait. I'm waiting for a sale for that one. Um, but I have not started Dead Space. Also, I realized that they're both EA games. I didn't even think about that. Oh, man. Um, Favorite developer, but they're, EA. But they're both good EA games. Like, they, they're not rife with microtransactions and, um, you know... Uh, forced online multiplayer or anything like that um so uh so yeah i I started playing star wars jedi survivor and um i also waited on that one for a while because the pc release was um like digital foundry for example they were like this game should not have been released in the state that it's in um and uh like it was like choppy and uh really bad performance and stuttery and um so I gave it like a couple months to see if they could maybe like fix it up. And I will say in that time, I did go back and play Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for a little bit. And that game is really stuttery, too. So like, yeah. it's not like this was a new problem this team had with Unreal. <laughs> like, they just never figured it out between that game and and Survivor. Sure. Um, 
And I think what happened is Digital Foundry has just, they're just sick of it because it's a common Unreal Engine problem for some reason. Um, PC games are stuttery. Even Fortnite is stuttery the first couple times you play it. Um, and I don't know why that is, but something about the way it caches on PC in particular uh, is just very stuttery. Um, the first couple times you play it and then it, it kind of like figures itself out and you know usually you think that's um, shader caching but this game every time you boot it up does shader caching so I have no idea what's causing the the, the stutteriness so long story short Star Wars Jedi Survivor has stuttering problems on the PC um, but they're not so bad that I'm not enjoying it um, I, sure. I, I will say um the graphics, the graphically, it looks amazing. Like Cassandra will usually be sitting in the room with me while I'm playing. And every now and then she'll look up and say like, wow, that looks really cool. You know, and, you know, again, I'm so proud, like proud husband, like she doesn't play games, but every now and then she'll look up and be like interested in what's happening on screen. And so that makes me happy. Um, and uh, and also she is a Star Wars fan, so that helps a little bit. But um, uh so yeah, visually it looks amazing. The story is a lot more interesting this time around. Even though it was pretty interesting in the first game, I think the way they're telling it is more, it's more cinematic uh, and more um, engaging and fun. Um, and uh, I don't feel like I'm spending all my time in one place anymore. Like I kind of felt with the first game. Like I felt uh, having gone back and recently played through the first one, there, there were moments where I was just on a planet for what felt like forever. And um, this time they're doing a slightly better job of like letting you mix it up a little bit better. Um, so that's cool. Um, and what else was I going to say about Survivor? Uh, it, um, I think I'm like halfway through it. And oh, another cool thing is you start out with all your powers from the last game. So it's not like you're like, it's not like the Samus mechanic where they have to find a way for you to forget your force powers or whatever. But mm -hmm. instead you learn new stuff. Um, in addition to the old kit. That's um, cool. So that's, yeah, that's really cool. And then, oh, finally, here's the last thing I was going to say is um, also having gone from Fallen Order into Survivor, like within a couple month period, they have improved the combat. It feels more responsive. It feels more fair. Um, the timing, remember how um, in, in Fallen Order, if you changed the difficulty, it would change the timings. Um, yeah, like the block parry stuff. Yeah, it would make yeah, it yeah. worse, for example. Um, the, in this game, I have only played on normal, but it has, like, the timings feel way better than they That's did good. in the first game to me. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's pretty fun. And I'll probably have that one beaten by our next episode, and I'll give that one a pizza rating. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that's it for me. And uh, now 30 minutes into the podcast, <laughs> Mike, what have you been playing at, good sir? So my list is about the same length, but I don't have as much to say because uh, oh, okay. I don't have to give a review for any of this stuff yet. Um, I'm playing Street Fighter Six still. I'm going to be playing that, I don't know, forever. Um, Probably the rest of time. really, really good. <laughs> I think it's the best Street Fighter game they've ever made. So if you like Street Fighter or if you think you might like Street Fighter because you never liked it up until now, it's the best one to jump into um that's good been having a blast with that game uh aside from that i've been playing uh baldur's gate 3 the early access stuff oh and they wow. got me so so I, I was like you know what? i haven't played this this game in like four or five months um mm -hmm. you know it's been early access for a, a couple of years now uh so i haven't played it in like five months i'm curious what's changed since you know the last patch i played mm -hmm. um 
and you know there's there's like two two and a half months till release so sure and so i start messing around with it i get pulled back in because it's a really fun game wow and so i I put like (laughs) another like 15 hours into it um and then they announced that the pc release of uh baldur's gate 3 is getting pushed up a month and so it's out on like august 3rd Um, that's awesome so i had like force myself to stop playing that so i won't be sick of it by the time it fully releases but (laughs) yeah because um, you're gonna have to start over again from the beginning when it finally comes out right yeah you i i i would be shocked to find that they would let you carry over your progress because i'm i'm pretty sure they're gonna move items around and they're gonna rebalance classes and, and all kinds of things like that so um yeah everyone's gonna start over it's gonna start from scratch which is fine um, yeah. I'm, that's I'm the biggest losing. reason I haven't bought it early access, by the way. I I, I have it. been tempted yeah. several times uh, mm-hmm. to to get it, but I don't want to like start over and over. I, I had that problem yeah. with uh, Diablo 3 and Diablo 4. I played both of their betas and I played um, the first act so many times that I'm sick of it in both Diablo 3 <laughs> and Diablo 4. Um, I get it. Yeah. And, and I've like over the two years I've been in early access. So I've, I've put over 100 hours in this game already. Wow. And only access to the first act but that first act is so densely packed with things to do mm-hmm. that it's it's fine i i huh. don't mind playing it again because i don't re- wow even what i what sucked me back in this time was because like oh yeah i don't i don't remember if this wasn't in the patch that i played or if it's just better than the patch that i played um but yeah it's it's been a lot of hmm. fun so we're looking That's forward cool. to that i'm looking forward hopefully i'll be able to do some multiplayer with you guys Oh uh, yeah, that would be so. I, I want... would love to backseat and like let you guys make decisions. Since oh okay. I, at least just be you know part of the from party. what I've played, like I I know some of the branches um, gotcha. that you can take, and and uh, I'll, I'm really curious to see what your guys' decisions end up being. Yeah, well, so my plan is, uh, I haven't. I've kind of taken the summer off from streaming on Twitch uh, because mm-hmm. the thing about New York is it's awful eight months out of the year, the temperature is just cold and I don't want to go outside. But right yeah. now we're in prime wanting to go outside season. Cause it's like, you know, 80 degrees and nice yeah. and warm and sunny and not wintry and, and a glacial, um, frozen tundra. So, uh, so anyway, when I return to streaming, I want to come back with Baldur's gate three. Um, hopefully, you know, with you in tow, but also I think there's some Twitch integration that I'm going to enable, which I'm not sure exactly what that's going to do, but that sounds fun too. Um, so I'm looking very much forward to it. I don't remember everything that it does, but I think the, the primary thing it does is that whenever you get into a conversation, which there's tons and tons of those, Mm -hmm. uh, and you're, you're given options, the audience can vote which option they would like you to take. Oh, Oh, tell me, tell me though. In Baldur's Gate, are you? Yeah. <laughs> I just saw an article today, <laughs> and they showed <laughs> I, this yes. little tiny GIF uh-huh. of a man. I think, yeah, yeah it's a yeah, man, yeah. and he's just he's got he's got the the most bedroom eyes that have ever existed, mm-hmm. looking at a bear, <laughs> and then the bear rolls on top of him, and then they mm-hmm. cut away, and yeah. there's a squirrel watching, and it drops its acorn in surprise yep are you are you gonna have sexy times with a bear mike when you when uh, Baldur's I, Gate I mean we'll see out? where we'll see where things go right i mean you you gotta do like a vanilla playthrough first and uh-huh. play it the way you're gonna play it and then you gotta try it again and get real wacky so <laughs> oh gosh it, yeah, I we'll was see where so, the night takes us my jaw was on the floor when i saw that gif i'm like what 
what can it's, you do in this game? It's such a weird game. You can do all kinds of stuff. Like Ugh. one of my favorite things was like being in a fight and then um it, it being really close to like my party dying and and you know the the character I was playing as like wasn't gonna be able to to make it's like turn based combat right so I wasn't gonna be able to make mm-hmm. it to the enemy in the next turn, um, but you can throw like everyone has a throw command and it's like well what do I have well I've got these old boots in my inventory that <laughs> I'm not using anymore I'm gonna throw these boots and I did and it killed them and oh my gosh it's the best game I love that, that game is... so much was there like an animation for throwing the boots did it, it you don't did... see boots though you'll oh, just okay. it just like throws like you'll just see kind of like an object. Um, at least in okay. the early access, right? It's just like, it moves really fast. You can't really tell what it is. Okay. <laughs> um, but no, it was fun. That's amazing. Uh, the last thing I played since the last time we recorded it is I played the demo for Lies of P. Um, oh! Which is the worst possible name for a game. It's so bad. <laughs> but really that is? demo is excellent. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I can't wait for that game to wow. come out. So... It is. It's uh, like a. It's a from like, right? Or a, a what do you yeah, call that? Yeah, that's uh, exactly. Yeah, it's oh, a from like okay. because it's hard okay. to you know call. You can call it like a Soulsborne or what have you, but mm-hmm. it's essentially a a studio who is you know using this this Pinocchio kind of based IP and throwing everything from software has ever done like into one game, but doing mm-hmm. it really really well. So. Aesthetically, it's very Bloodborne. There's a ton of Bloodborne mechanics, but there's lots of Dark Souls and Sekiro um, stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, the demo's up on Steam. You can go play it. Um, it's actually a, a pretty big demo. Um, huh. And the game comes out in September. It'll be on Game Pass if you have Game Pass. So, you know, I think it's going to be an excellent game. I, I, I really do think people are going to play that thing and, and be pretty surprised at how good it is because uh, that demo runs amazingly well the combat's fantastic the boss fights are great and that's just like the demo and that's you know they've got a few months to to really polish that game up i, I can't wait yeah. for it to come out i will say the art style looks really cool i haven't played yeah. it but the in the in the trailers i've watched i really like it's like um it's like a, a, a steampunk uh like french oh, i don't know maybe even early like uh, like 1800s london ish victorian yeah victorian there we go yeah yeah Yeah, it looks it looks really cool um yeah again though very unfortunate name it's it's a real shame about that real terrible name (laughs) it's so bad i don't know there's nothing i can do but but that's everything we're playing nice we did it we did it i say that every time now after i after i finish uh talking about what i've been playing at um (laughs) But uh, now, oh, also, by the way, if you're tuning in and you entered our contest in the last episode, I do want to oh, say we're, yeah. we haven't forgotten about you. We, we are going to announce the winner in the uh, part of the show where we sell you things, where we're not mm-hmm. actually selling you anything. Um, so stay tuned. We have a winner and uh we will read their email and everything. Um, and yeah, well, so, so don't worry. But I believe it is time for the news perfect pitch perfect uh that why thank you i you know i i don't i think that's the first time i've ever been accused of being pitch perfect in a news reading um (laughs) so uh we're doing something a little bit different these days so reddit i don't know if you've heard the, the story uh reddit has is kind of imploding right now uh moderators and 
with Reddit CEO and all these people are not getting along. It's the it's a tale as old as time. It's happening on other social media networks as well. Uh, but we used to rely on Reddit for our um, news submissions. Uh, but now we've decided we're going to roll that into our Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, we're making our Discord our one-stop shop for everything SBFVGS. And if you want to get in on the fun, head on over to bit.ly slash SBFVGS Discord. All right. Join that. No fee. It's free. Everything's free. Uh, you can you can tune in um, to uh, basically all of the social interaction that we used to do on Twitter and on Reddit now are all on Discord. Adam's even in there. So if you miss Adam, yeah. stop by, send a little at message to Barry White, you know, and he'll, he'll respond to you. So, um, but yeah, so in our news, uh, in our Discord, we have a news forum now. Uh, where uh, mostly top newsman Ultimate Kills has been submitting. But if you also want to submit news stories, you know, just make sure they're not submitted first and then pop one of them into one of those uh, forums there. And I don't know how to describe this stuff, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, so, and then I will pick stories based on what is the most popular. Uh, typically, we will do that by upvotes, but right now I'm planning on doing that based on how many comments it had, uh, assuming there was some sort of like, um, you know, chatter about it, which uh, mm. to me indicates mm-hmm. that something's important. Uh, and the number one first story that I'm going to talk about today is uh, this headline. It comes to us from Kotaku.com, and it says, A goldfish just took down one of Elden Ring's toughest bosses. <laughs> so uh, this one was actually posted by me, uh, Sir Tater Todd, on our Discord. And uh, basically the, the story, the gist is this. Um, this guy has, uh, and there used to be a Goldfish Play Street Fighter, I think, Twitch channel as well. And I, I, I'm assuming it's a similar technology. But basically where the goldfish swims in their tank uh, either represents a movement or a button press or, you know, a combo of the two. And somehow the goldfish was able to take down Milena, Milena's uh, first phase just by randomly floating around. Obviously, the goldfish has no idea what it's doing. It doesn't know that it's playing a video game. But um, but but he was able to take down uh, Melania's first phase just by drifting around in his fishbowl. So, you know, if you got to that boss in Elden Ring and you were not able to kill that boss, just know that a goldfish is better than you at this game. <laughs> what do you what do you Oof. think about this story, Mike? It's pretty well, you know, I went and looked at the video and it's entertaining. And then I saw the life bar and I'm like, I don't know what level this goldfish's character is at, but it's extremely <laughs> high. How did it get so high level? How did this happen to this I, goldfish? I assume that the the person managing the account is like taking care of some of the, uh, the upkeep, right? Like weapons and uh, character like leveling and, and things. They, they must be. That feels like cheating. If well, that's I mean, what he's doing. if you can explain to me how that goldfish through a, a <laughs> random concoction of buttons left the starting area of the game, uh, uh, you know, yeah, and certainly <clears throat> didn't make its way to the to the halog tree like on its own without like falling off a thousand branches, like it just it didn't happen. So, 
but I love imagining it. That's what I that's like. Maybe it didn't do that, but you know, it's like that 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 story. What is it? If you if you have a thousand or a million or an infinite number of monkeys typing on an infinite number of keyboards, uh, one of them is going to write a uh, Shakespeare play. You know, I forget I forget how that saying goes. Yeah, I, but I, I get what you mean. I mean, it's been over a year since Elden Ring came out, so if this goldfish has been at it since day one, day and night. There's a chance, right? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. There's zero chance. Oh, man. Anyway, it's just a fun, it's a fun story. Uh, yeah, it but, is fun. but a less fun story. Uh-oh. Also submitted by me. I'm sensing a trend here. I'm picking all the stories that I submit. Um, but uh, this one was uh, also from Kotaku.com, and the headline is, Gollum Studio will stop developing games Oof. after its dismal release. Yeah. How about so, that, huh? The pub, the studio was Day Daydalek Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite streamers. Uh, I watched him play it. He played it twice. I couldn't believe it. He played it one time. Um, it, it's it's Vinny Vine Sauce. Uh, he's mm-hmm. um, I think if you go to twitch.com slash Vine Sauce, he's not family friendly. He cusses. We don't cuss. He cusses. Um, but he's hilarious. And he played <laughs> somehow. His chat convinced him to play that game, not for one sitting, but for two sittings. Oh my gosh. And it, the game just got worse the second time around. Um, and, you know, on the one hand, it's really, really sad to think about, you know, how many people were working on that studio and were like really mm-hmm. excited about the game. Um, and it's really sad to think, you know, they, I'm sure they knew it wasn't done, but I'm sure their publisher, whoever that was, uh, decided it just had to ship. And, you know, it's, it's just really sad. It's not the way you... It, like, I am not rooting against these teams, but sometimes no. when a bad decision like this gets made to release a game in this state, it still makes me laugh. I, it's hard. It's complicated. It's a very complicated emotion. I feel... Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's like funny, but also sad. So... I mean, I, I also feel bad, though, because it seems like one of those projects that was, like, doomed from the start. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it, you know, the Embracer group uh, is this huge, huge, like, uh, you know, VC group that's, like, buying up as many studios as it can, mm-hmm. investing in tons of others. They bought the um, uh, non-book publication rights to Lord of the Rings. Okay. Um, and so they're just going to start taking all these, you know, hundreds of studios that they now own and like cranking out Lord of the Rings. Like I think in a recent earnings meeting, they were like, yeah, we need to be like just completely milking this franchise. Um, so you can expect terrible that, idea <laughs> that they're just, they're just kind of be like tearing through it. Like every, every character gets a, gets their own story. Now, <laughs> like what can we do to just to squeeze every dime oh. out of this franchise? Yeah. And so, you're going to get stories that don't make any sense. You're going to get games that just the, the, with a premise. I mean, you have a, a, a kind of a background character, you know, mm-hmm. who whose story has largely already been told. And like, yeah. they want to expound on what little is there uh, for this character that like doesn't like doesn't really fight and doesn't really have a lot of conversations with people. And uh, Other he's than not himself. great to look at and he's not a great person. <laughs> It's just like, yeah. okay, well, what are we doing here? Yeah. What was the goal? Yeah, and I, cu- I could see, like, a sneaky... Because that's the thing that Gollum does is he sli- he sneaks, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like the, the slinker, 
and uh, the Slinker and the Stinker. Isn't that isn't that Gollum? I don't remember, but uh, but so it could have been interesting if they had something interesting for him to spy on somewhere in the canon. I don't, but I don't think I don't even think he knew that his ring was connected to the Dark Lord. So anything that he he doesn't know anything except for how much he loves the ring. So. I, th- yeah, you're right. It was doomed from the start. You, it's almost impossible to make an interesting game about this character. Um, you know, and the, on the one hand, you know, I would love to see some more good Lord of the Rings games like um, um, the the Shadow of Mordor and the Shadow of War games. Both of those mm-hmm. games were really good, uh, especially once they like toned back the uh, microtransactions in the second one. Um, yeah. Those games are fun. And I would love to see more games in the Lord of the Rings universe because it's fun to like flesh out the lore of of that that world it's really cool um but on the other hand i saw what disney did with star wars when it first bought it and i went from like being so excited for a new star wars movie uh in the force awakens to kind of dreading watching the new star wars movie by the time we got to um what was it skywalker what is it uh rise of skywalker i think the 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 11th movie i think <laughs> i don't know what we're at how these that days. math works out ninth movie i don't know but uh anyway um so i know what it's like to see a franchise that i love get burned to the ground very fast and i'm yeah. very nervous if all the games come out and they're like this like what is that gonna, how's that gonna make me feel about lord of the rings i don't like, even know we're still really early on but i think the um the next thing from embracer group and you won't ever see it like called embracer group you'll see different publishing arms they own tons of publishers Mm -hmm. um, publishing these different games but their next game in that you know franchise is i think it's like return to moria and i saw a trailer for that and i was like the trailer looks bad i'm like all right well here we go (laughs) yeah it looked so bad it looks bad Um, i don't know what you're gonna do what do you do there's nothing you can do we just have to grin and bear it (laughs) but uh (laughs) But uh, so here's another story. Okay, ready to move yeah. on to the next news story. Um, this one was brought to us by Top Newsman Ultimate Kills. All right. Um, and the headline is, uh, and it's from PCGamer.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, it took 25 years, but we're finally getting a new Blade Runner game. Uh, now, Mike, are you a fan of the Blade Runner series? Do you like I, the original? I am not, the new like, one. The, the original's fine. Like it's a it's a fine movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but much like Star Wars and other things, like I'm not a big sci-fi person. Okay. Oh, there's okay. gotta be like a bunch of like silly elves and hobbits and things like that for me to get real excited. That's Those the things only are never, maybe some blue skin, some blue skin, maybe someone who's really <laughs> wet for no reason. Um, just the, the shiniest lips and maybe lizard right. skin, but yeah. like, uh, like the cyberpunk aesthetic and, and things like that, it, it doesn't do it for me. So I'm not a fan okay. uh, of, of those things ju- just because of, of those things. Um, that said, like the original Blade Runner film, I think is a good movie. I, I like it. It's but pretty cool. That's, that was it for like, Oh, cool movie. <laughs> I never thought about it again until I, until I think I met Adam and he was like, it's like the best movie ever made. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Adam does love him some Blade Runner. Yeah. Okay. But did you see the sequel though? I didn't know. Oh, okay so yeah 
I am the kind of guy Adam tried to convince me that I loved Blade Runner when we were kids growing up. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we rented it once. I was like so excited. I'm like, oh, this is the sci-fi city that inspired Star Wars and inspired, you know, all of these uh, fifth element, you know. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so I was really excited. And visually, that movie is still incredible, which is a Mm -hmm. testament to, you know, the art design teams, the direction um ilm i'm pretty sure did the visual effects in that movie i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure they did uh and a, a lot of that stuff still stands up it's very iconic it still shapes um how we do futuristic cities today which is amazing however <clears throat> the, the the movie itself is kind of boring uh to me uh sure. however yeah. the sequel to blade runner blade runner what was it 2049 um i think that movie is amazing and and that okay. like it it's so good that it didn't even have to be called Blade Runner and I still would have enjoyed it. Um, so, uh, and I'm, you know, they've tried to make more Blade Runner stuff since then and none of it's grabbed me. But I think Blade Runner 2049 is is really good. Uh, and also, this is also interesting because one of uh, my earliest PC gaming memories was um, they made an old Blade Runner PC game. It was like a point and click adventure, mm-hmm. almost like LucasArts style. Um, where you had to like interview, um, um, people and decide whether or not they were androids and, you know, you had to like solve this mystery and it was like, it had pre-rendered backgrounds. It was kind of like the PC game version of final fantasy seven, where it had like real time foreground characters, but then like pre-rendered backgrounds that looked amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I think you can find that game on good old games now, but for like 20 years, no, you couldn't get it anywhere. And I was like, man, what happened to that game? I liked that game. Um, but so I really enjoyed that game. And so I, I know that the game can work. Um, and this is actually being developed by Annapurna, which is usually a publisher. But I think this is the first game they're actually developing in-house, which is an interesting oh, idea. Okay. Um, so the trailer doesn't show much. Obviously, it's it's just a pre-rendered cutscene, at least as far as I can tell, or a pre-rendered trailer. Um, but the idea is cool. And, you know, if it's like an adventure and not a first-person shooter, um, <laughs> I think it could be cool. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um yeah, I, I'm excited. Uh, you know, they're they're an amazing publisher, and even though they haven't been developing, you know, their own stuff, um, they have amazing taste, right? Like where where they know to connect with indies, um, and and get the right stuff out there. I mean, they have an entire catalog of really really good games. Yeah, yeah, they're solid. So, so um, I I strongly doubt they'll let their first game be bad too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so we'll see. We'll see how that yeah. goes. Cautiously optimistic. Definitely. I think that leads us to Mike struggles to read the tweets. Uh, and I will say, most of our tweets, once again, obviously we're not using tweets anymore. This is all on Discord. <laughs> uh, although we did, we do still post on Twitter. We mm-hmm. just don't get any engagement on Twitter anymore. So I don't know yeah. what happened. Like they, that Twitter is, is dying. Maybe it's because we said ship. we don't do Twitter. I don't know. Uh, I did go ahead and make a threads account just, just out of curiosity um, to see if we got any engagement on there. And we sure. actually did. We got, we got one response. Oh, um, 
to uh, <laughs> to our quest, our call for uh, questions, topics, or musings. Uh, and this was from NTFTT Pod. All right. Okay. And he's uh, well. I'm going to read it for you because yeah, even please, though you're you, supposed to read it, uh, should, you don't have give threads. Folks, the premise of of what the call out was, what the question was. Well, okay, so I'm specifically letting you know about the ones that are not that related are just, to our topic. These are it. just these are just random, and I think this is the only random one we have. So okay, uh, so yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> would you listen to a band comprising of Jack Black and Jack White? What should their <laughs> band be called? <laughs> <laughs> oh man um, i would yeah i mean I'd, I'd check it out for sure right i i, I mean, don't know have if the those personalities guitar. meld but oh yeah you're right <laughs> jack white is not very humorous is he, he he's always i, I don't know maybe he is i don't follow him as, as okay. like a an icon or like that so he he could have like a very humorous personality <laughs> that i don't know about uh, the very little I've seen of him, he seems to take himself pretty seriously, though. Yeah, he, I, I maybe have seen him smile. I don't think I've ever seen him laugh. But usually mm. he's not doing, he's not smiling or laughing uh, in my sad. memory. So he does look sad. But I, but why? He's nothing to be sad about. He's very successful. He's very talented. He's very handsome. He's got nothing. Jack White, if you're listening to this, you've got nothing to be sad about, my friend. Yeah, you've got, you've got, your life is pretty good. But. <laughs> Maybe, but, maybe maybe smile once in a while. Yeah, smile once in a while. Would it kill you? But uh, Jack Black, <laughs> though, on the other hand, that guy, it, of all of the celebrities in Hollywood, mm-hmm. he is the one I am 100% sure what you see is what you get with Jack Black. You know, like, if you're sure. hanging out with Jack Black, he is just going to do whatever makes him laugh. And it's going to make you laugh, too. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just saw this video today of him, like, doing this like crazy like peacock walk and he's dressed like a cowboy and and uh and like his he's got flaps on his on his coat and they're like flapping in the wind and making noise and then at the end of the video he just says yeehaw and then that's the whole video i'm like what a he's delight so weird <laughs> he's so weird and i love it in like the best uh, way uh, and also he has an amazing singing voice so um mm. so yeah obviously the band would be called jack gray right oh because you're mixing the colors yeah black and white is gray oh uh, okay right I get, yeah sure do, do you have a different a better name i mean i just heard the questions so i've had a chance to think about it but is the rolling <laughs> stones taken i think i think so i All think right. well it's it rings a bell i've never heard anyway. of it so <laughs> i think they could probably get that name if they really want it I'm sure they could. No one. I don't think anyone would care. You know, you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> no one would care. <laughs> no one would care. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's our only like question topic or music. We have more that we can roll into the discussion. Yeah, portion. I think that's that's the thing to do. Um, but yeah, we, we have. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to double check Twitter really quick. So this is the part of the show where we double check Twitter. Yeah, we didn't get any responses there. So yeah. uh, all the rest of them are on Discord, and I, uh, I'll let Mike, I'll let you take the wheel on that one when we get to the topic. Sound Sounds good? good. Well, I guess that just takes us right into the part of the show where we sell you things. I throw like a Mary Poppins spin on mine. Um, I like it. You know, it reminds me of the um, 
the doe a deer like i'm kind of doing that kind oh, of the sound of music the, oh is yeah oh you're right that but it's the same singer so yeah it's yeah. kind of in the right vein anyway yeah. <laughs> anyway. it's like six degrees but there's only one <laughs> yeah oh wow that blew my mind okay um <laughs> Uh, so yeah, guys, uh, first of all, I want to point you to our Patreon that is completely dormant. Uh, if you go to <laughs> patreon.com slash you will see that we have not updated there except for podcast episodes mm-hmm. for a very long time. Um, but if for some reason you want to just buy us a coffee, you can do that. Just head on over to patreon.com slash We are highly encouraging you not to do that. But if you really want to, that is something you can do. Um, and also (laughs) our Twitch channel is also currently dormant because it's summertime, but that is going to change as soon as it gets cold out in New York, which is way sooner than you'd think, like September or, you know, which is days away. Right around the corner. Yeah. It's right around the corner. Uh, twitch.tv slash SBFVGS. If nothing else, just give us a follow. So, you know, the next time I'm live, it'll probably be, um, Baldur's Gate three, uh, and chat, maybe you can help me decide whether or not I uh, make bedroom eyes at a bear. You know, like how's that Ooh, can't for? A, wait. Yeah, how's that for a for a, a tease right there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but what we are doing on this episode is, uh, if you remember correctly, last episode we did a giveaway, and mm-hmm. basically we asked you to email info at sbfegs.com um, and tell us whether Tears of the Kingdom is the better game or Street Fighter 6 is the better game. And to start, Mike, I just want you to know. Um, let's see. I got to count these really quick. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> we didn't get too many entries because I think email is like an archaic form that people don't. Yeah, what? we got to find a email? better way to do it. I mean, maybe we could do it on our Discord, but not everyone who listens to our shows on Discord. I really don't sh- know. But they should. You know? Yeah, they should. Ch- hey, guys, if you can find a way to get in touch with us, give us ideas for how to do these giveaways. Because Twitter di- is dying. Uh, we get no engagement on there anymore. Uh, email is good, but not everyone's going to do it. Um, I guess we could be more active on Instagram. That's not dying. Uh, you know, or is email the best way? I don't know. Anyway, we got... Let's see. We got two, four, six, seven. We got seven entries. Nice. <laughs> and... Uh, all but one of them said that Tears of the Kingdom was better. So we got they must, one vote well, see, for... Here's the thing. They probably already bought Street Fighter and said they don't want to get another copy. I get it. Mm, that's not I what most it. of them said. I think it's probably what it says. <laughs> uh, but also, let that be known, since we only got seven entries this time around, the next mm-hmm. time we do a giveaway, keep that in mind. One in seven chance. In a, I better do this. Yeah, that's a pretty good chance. So... Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, but the winner, so here's how I selected this winner. Um, I put all the names into ChatGPT and I asked it to randomly choose one person from that list with just just usernames, not even human names. I put mm. the usernames in there. So uh, ChatGPT and it's, uh, he they called it a pseudo randomly selected, but I think that's just... ChatGPT is kind of programmed to cover its butt and not say things definitively so that you can't sue them. And so I think I think that's <laughs> the, what the idea was with them saying that. But, ladies and gentlemen, your winner uh, of the latest SPF EGS contest 
is the one, the only, Know It Man! Woohoo! Wow! No Man, you're getting a rare clap from Mike. Congratulations on that. And I am going to go ahead and read your email out loud for everyone to hear. Um, so you said, while Breath of the Wild didn't speak to me as much as previous Zelda f- games, mm-hmm. I will vote for Tears of the Kingdom all day, every day. Man, I thought for a second for sure he'd say six Breath of the Wild sucked. <laughs> Give me that Street Fighter Six. Uh, every day because I suck at fighting games, is why. <laughs> but if you listen to what Mike says, maybe this is the first fighting game you're gonna like. Uh, anyway, uh, Josh, because or Know It Man, because that's Josh's real name, uh, or that's Know It Man's real name. Um, because you said Tears of the Kingdom, you will be getting a copy of that. Uh, we can either send it to you uh, physically or digitally, your choice. And uh, yeah, just get back to us, let us know, and uh, we will we will do that for you, buddy. So yeah, okay, congrats. congratulations, and we'll be doing another giveaway pretty soon. Once our uh, so this money comes from our Patreon, yeah. uh, and so by the time we have enough for another giveaway, we'll do another one. Why not? Here we go. You know, so so yeah. There was madness in any direction. Without any further ado, I believe it is time for the topic. The meat and potato? The meat and potato, as it were, my good sir. Burr, burr. Bill Burr in Star Wars. I don't know. I lost it. (laughs) (laughs) Was Bill Burr in Star Wars? Yeah, he was. He was in uh, The Mandalorian twice. Oh. Yeah. Pretty good. He's pretty good in that show, actually. All right. Yeah, believe it or not. So, Mike, I believe the topic was yours this week. Was it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We even talked about it earlier today. (laughs) Well, I was definitely listening. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching in real time an old man lose his marbles. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Maybe two old men losing their marbles. Who knows? At least least one. But which one? Who could say? Oh, that's Um, a good question. So th- this this topic, I think, is based on an article that came out, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think now. Um, maybe not as much time. I Time means nothing. It was a couple weeks. It, it I was from like the end of June. Time. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was an article essentially discussing and, and there were there were a bunch of tweets about this because I think the emails became public as well. Um, mm-hmm. But in in relation to the ongoing FTC hearings, uh, for Microsoft trying to purchase Activision Blizzard. Uh, mm-hmm. Some emails came to light that Bethesda executives were confused over the double standard of Microsoft like promising all these, you know, all, all these franchises that belong to Activision Blizzard, you know, namely Call of Duty being, you know, one of the most popular uh, there, mm-hmm. are going to continue being multi-platform games. They will not be exclusive uh, to the Xbox platform, um, to which, uh, you know, Bethesda was like, well, what gives? Like, cause that's yeah, wait immediately a <laughs> what happened with Starfield uh-huh. and with Elder Scrolls. And, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, I think the exception there was, was Deathloop because it had an existing contract to release on yep. 
on PlayStation, but everything post that has been like, yeah, no, no, it's it's exclusive now. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, interestingly, is quite uh, the catalog. Be because of this uh, this hearing that's been going on, mm -hmm. uh, I just want to add uh, this. What Phil Spencer said this under oath that Call yeah. of Duty would remain on PlayStation. <laughs> so, so that's fascinating. Um, so he yeah. can't lie about that, even if he wants to. <laughs> well, I mean. I, I guess, right? I, I'm trying to, like, rack my brain and think, okay, when these hearings are over in, like, you know, five years, whatever it is, and they change their mind, or Phil Spencer's no longer head of Xbox division, and it's somebody oh, yeah. else, and they're like, we are taking this exclusive. Does that statement mean anything? <laughs> yeah, you know? that's a good question. Oh, boy. It sound, it's very existential, Mike. I, I don't know how it to is. feel. <laughs> So, and, and that kind of pulls us right into uh, the question we put out on Discord. Uh, yes. So you had posted, uh, you know, based on some really puzzling comments from, from the, the industry that are coming out right now. Mm -hmm. um, what was our listener's stance on platform exclusivity for big titles? Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do you guys feel about it? You like pro, con, what do you think? So first comment came up from uh, from our friend Casey, Ultimate Kills on Discord. Top newsman. Top newsman. And he said, I really hate exclusives because I can't bring myself to buy an entirely new system just to play certain games. Um, you know, but at the same time, if it leads to companies willing to take the risk and make huge titles like The Last of Us or God of War, then maybe exclusivity is a necessary evil. Yeah, that's a pretty good point. Um, yeah. Because if you think about it, uh, multiplayer games like Call of Duty, mm -hmm. they tend to make money off of, you know, cool the skins that you can show off in sure. your gameplay or, you know, a new pack of content that came out that you can add to your game, uh, either maps or, or um, you know, whatever. In Minecraft, it's not maps. It's like skins or... Um, you know, ways to customize things uh, that you just can't do in the base game. Um, so, so that makes sense. And when you make like a game like God of War, usually it's a one and done fee. Like usually people pay mm -hmm. for it once and that's it. And so right. it's hard. You're never going to make as much money on a game like that because you can't, because you can't keep dipping back into the well. Um, and so it makes sense to then use that as a way to sell your console, which will like get people into your walled garden and then help you make more money off of them. Um, so, right. so like that, right. Is that, is that what you mean by the necessary, is that what you think what ultimate I, means by I, the necessary I think evil? So, right. Because, uh, what is the incentive for, for Sony and other studios to invest a lot of money? And we know because, uh, during these FTC hearings, um, somebody from Sony accidentally submitted uh, a improperly redacted document, which really got into oh. the very specific financials of how much they spent to make yep. things like The Last of Us. Um, I can't it's a believe lot of that money, the, you know, yeah, I can't believe we know how much <laughs> they cost. I think it was you know, like two hundred fifty million or something. It was like it's that. something crazy like that, and that's I think their development costs. That's not like marketing costs and other things like that. So it goes up right. from there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a ton of money. Mm -hmm. um, a lot, it really hard to recoup your your uh, costs on that, especially if your game is sort of exclusive to um, to one console, right? You're not going to mm -hmm. make it up in volume if it's not everywhere. Uh, but 
like you said, if it gets people to buy PlayStations because they really want to play God of War, they really want to play Uncharted, they really want to play The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Well, now they have a, a very expensive console, you know, $500 console in the living room, and it comes time to buy Call of Duty. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're going to buy it on their PlayStation because they just got a PlayStation. Yep. And instead of uh, Sony, you know, approving another store to take 20 or 30% of the total sale, it's Sony the ones that are taking that 20, 30% from mm-hmm. the Call of Duty sales for being in their store. So they're hoping the volume's all going to come to them. It, it's, it's you know, it makes sense from a, a business yeah. standpoint. Not necessarily that it's best for the developer who's making the game, who probably just wants everyone possible to play what they've made. Um, mm-hmm. Or for the consumer who doesn't already own a PlayStation, you know, or an Xbox or whatever. Um, but I understand, you know, I think what, what Casey is saying here in that, if there's not that financial incentive to get people into your walled garden, then would you really be spending hundreds of millions of dollars to make these AAA games? Yeah. Uh, or would you just figure out how best to milk, you know, the games that are just coming everywhere anyway? Yeah. And, you know, what's interesting is um, <clears throat> Microsoft. Uh, so first of all, they bought Bethesda. And they, when they were yeah. buying Bethesda, they were very like openly saying like, no, no, they're not going to just make exclusives now. No, they're not going to do exclusives. And then as soon as, you know, as soon as they put the ring on it, like, sorry, <laughs> Starfield's an exclusive now. Yeah. Hands are tied. There's nothing we can do about it. It, it just yep. has to be. Um, and so um, they're doing it again. <laughs> uh, but uh, however, this time the company that they're looking to buy is interesting because, you know, Activision Blizzard... Um, in some ways, they are kind of like the biggest company that that like monetizes their games after being purchased, if that makes sense. Like, sure. you know, Diablo 4, you pay 70 bucks for that game um, and then you get a season pass every two months, too. You know, and right. that, you know, you give them another 10 bucks to to get new content. And, uh, you know, they've got like a very expensive skin store in the game. Like, yeah. you know, so here's a full $70 game that you can also give as much more money as you want to. And Call of Duty is that way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Overwatch 2 is like that, except I don't think you pay for the original, the, the base game necessarily. I don't think so. Um, but you can buy battle passes every week. Yep. Or every two week, every two months, uh, and you can buy skins and all that stuff. So you know, Blizzard Activision—they're very monetate monetization heavy, mm-hmm. and I expect that that will change if Microsoft buys them. Um, and so maybe that's why Micro- Microsoft is like, no, I mean, these guys—they can keep making multi-platform games because we're gonna make money just because of that instead yeah, of it- needing to sell consoles. If you're looking at where the revenue for Activision Blizzard comes in. I think the majority of it is from post-game content, like you said, microtransactions, World of Warcraft. skins, yeah. World of Warcraft subscriptions, battle passes. Mm-hmm. That's where the money is at. So if that's where the money is at, it makes sense to have the largest player base as possible um, mm-hmm. to, to do that. Um, and I think if I'm being honest about the whole thing, right, uh, I don't think that this whole fight with the, I mean I know where the FTC's argument hangs and Sony's kind of backing behind that because they have obviously a, a a business case for themselves to be on the right. side of the FTC um but I don't think they really care about Call of Duty that much um mm. it's 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 a big franchise you know it's a lot of money I think 
Sony is just looking at the marketplace and looking at Microsoft taking sort of the Disney approach and like, we'll just, just let's just buy everything we can possibly buy. When mm-hmm. everything belongs to us, who cares what console it's on? We're making money on it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think Sony's just trying to prevent this, the purchase of another publisher. Yeah, that's true. But also, I will say Call of Duty is one of the largest selling. Oh, it's huge. It's like huge. Uh, properties ever. Yeah. So, um, so in, I think you're right into a point. But I think they are still they do still care to lose Call of Duty because just of how big it is uh, in terms that, of sales. In 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 it, it should be mentioned, and we, we talk about uh, the storefronts, be it Microsoft's or Steam or, or PlayStation Store. Uh, taking that thirty percent cut—that's just not—that's not just the game cost. All the microtransactions, if they're bought oh, on that's that a good platform, yeah. they get cut off all of that too. So yeah, you're right. That that probably has a lot to do with it. Being that that franchise probably makes a, a lot of money on those transactions. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I forgot. Um, I forgot about that part of it. But we've got another comment on here from Fed. Uh, oh, good old super best Fed. Yeah, across the pond. Cross the pond. Sorry, you weren't eligible for the last giveaway, Fed. We'll figure it out. It's really for the next hard one. to do that. <laughs> yeah. No, they really, they really make it impossible. It's like really the only hard. way, the only way to do it is to like make. I don't even know. I don't even know. I think you have it's to tough. like deposit American money into a British Amazon account, and it gets even that gets pretty iffy. Uh, yeah. As far as yeah, the I don't legality know. of such things. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. So Fed wrote in said, I'm torn over platform exclusives. On one hand, the more people who play the game, the better. On the other hand, making a game for multiple platforms can be problematic. Look at how badly Assassin's Creed and Mass Effect ran on the PS3 due to the weird architecture mm, uh, that's compared to how you know amazing Uncharted 2 ran uh, when it was made exclusively for the PS3. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, we, we still see that today, right? Uh, where... Games come out like The Last of Us, and they run amazing on PlayStation, and they get poured mm-hmm. to PC, and they run like garbage. Um, yeah, that is that literally just whole, happened. Yep. Whole other skill set. It's a whole other uh-huh. thing to have to consider. The game was designed to work on a very specific piece of hardware, and now it has to work on lots of different configurations of hardware. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it can be done, right? There's people that that do this, um, and they do it successfully. But I, yeah, I won't undersell that it's probably a lot of of work to do so. And I think it's getting harder as consoles like uh, the PS5 um, bring a lot of proprietary hardware into the mix. For example, sure. you know, their, their, their direct storage system is like super fast. And I'm very curious to see how ra- the new Ratchet and Clank game is going to run on PC without that crazy like direct access from hard drive right. feature. There's also like... Um, um, ray traced audio on the ps5 uh that uses like custom sony hardware or something Mm -hmm. like that um and like also all this proprietary stuff very specific configuration is that what it's called oh i don't know probably (laughs) it sounds like something that uh, mark cerny would would name something but (laughs) but uh but yeah so like all this weird like we're in a really weird time uh, and also like piece for, for PC gaming, Nvidia tends to have the faster cards and the better like software features. But sure. both of the consoles are AMD. Like they both use mm-hmm. AMD CPUs and GPUs. So you know um, that's also going to cause problems when like PC gamers expect you to target Nvidia GPUs, but most of these console games are targeting uh, AMD GPUs and CPUs. So. Um, 
And then also there's just an infinite number of possibilities of what the hardware can be when it's a PC. Like, you know, just billions of graphics cards, you know, so many different SKUs of CPUs, Intel, uh, AMD, um, Nvidia. Like it's just, it's just madhouse. It's bedlam out there for PC gaming. (laughs) And, uh, uh, you know, so it makes sense that PC games tend to have really rough uh, performance, especially at launch, because they just sure. have to get all that feedback and fix things specifically. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, a really good take on on this. We have uh, another message from NTFTT Pod. Oh, they said, they double dipped. They double dipped, <laughs> but this one's related to the topic. Uh, right, right. So they said, uh, so taking what I know from the medical and pharmacy industry, it sounds like it makes sense for a timed platform exclusive, but not straight up exclusives. Hmm. In pharmacy, a drug puts uh, a drug company puts a ton of research money for a drug uh, to have you know certain indications, so they are rewarded with a timed patent where they can be the only one that sells that drug as a brand name. Right, and after right. a predetermined time, patent expires, and every other company can copy the formula and make their own generics. So, what, what do you think about that idea? Right, that what if what if companies were only allowed to make a timed exclusive? Like, okay, well, it's going to be timed first year; it can only be on PlayStation, and after that, we'll put it out everywhere. Well, um, that is kind of the Sony approach. Um, mm-hmm. In a way, because what they're doing is they they are releasing their games on PC, but they're doing it like two years minimum after yeah. the launch. After they're of, pretty sure it's sold all the copies, it's really good. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. And, um, you know, like, it makes sense. Um, sure. Uh, <clears throat> although I don't think that I could see Sony ever releasing their games on an Xbox. That just feels weird to me. Um, sure. Yeah. Well, so... And- I think you get into some weird territory there as well, right? Like what, what's the, what's sort of the platform requirement there? Because like, can you imagine trying to get like God of War to run on a, on a Nintendo switch? Uh, (laughs) No. Do all games have to be tuned to the lowest common denominator so that eventually they can be released everywhere? Um, Oh, I don't know. I will say it's tricky. Yeah, something I didn't mention in my Tears of the Kingdom review is I played that game from start to finish, emulated on my PC, mm-hmm. um, and the game scaled beautifully. Like, I was able to oh, nice. bump it up to 60 frames per second. Uh, I was playing it at 1440p, um, and it looked and, and felt amazing at that uh, mm-hmm. speed. And so, there and the game, and it, looked, it looked beautiful. Like, it was a beautiful yeah. game. So... It is possible to make gigantic, beautiful games on the Switch, um, but I, it takes a very talented, like specific kind of skill set to do that. Um, and yeah. I, and I think some games like God of War, I don't think you could, I don't think you could do it. Like they tried to bring, you know, I'm trying to think of a comparable game. Like, um, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> what was it? Uh, Sin, oh hell. What's the the Xbox game where the girl has schizophrenia? I can't oh, remember. Sinua, a Hellblade. S- Hellblade. Yeah, um, yeah. They they did make a port of that game, uh, and um, kind of worked, but also on, like on the Switch. I think they did. I think I didn't came, hear about that. That's I want to yeah. go find it now. <laughs> yeah, 
I think it's Hellblade on Switch. Let me let me just double check. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's there. That's I'm not so sure funny. if it's like streamed or not though. I want I'm not oh, sure. Yeah, that's right. I forgot the Switch does that. Yeah, I I'm not I'm not 100% sure, but um uh, I remember watching a Digital Foundry um like review of it. No, I think it is running locally. Mhm. Cuz it works, yeah. It doesn't say anything about needing online, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's possible to port games like that, but it looked, it looked rough from what I remember. So, um, but like, so God of War kind of needs to not be on the switch. So yeah, I don't think we should require studios to, to do this. I think, I think just specifically with the case of Microsoft buying such a gigantic market leader, Mm -hmm. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to avoid monopolies. You know, we don't want Microsoft to have all the, all the beans, you know? Right. I think that's a really good point, right? Because uh, we focus a lot on Microsoft buying things because that's really what the FTC case is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like Sony hasn't bought a bunch of studios. Like Sony has yeah. bought a lot of studios over the years. Um, the difference is when it's like, okay, Sony buys, you know, Bungie and Insomniac. And then mm-hmm. Microsoft is like, great, we bought Bethesda and like the 20 studios that they own. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, it's a big. Suddenly, you own like Zenimax and Ar- you know? Arcane, and yeah. and yeah. So, uh, and through these hearings, you you know, we have all these emails and things like that that are coming out public, and it's wild to read through. I was reading <laughs> one, uh, you know, the other week, and it was like just like a, a brief email internet Microsoft saying, you know, does it make sense just go and burn five billion dollars right now? Uh, because this, you know, this this purchase might be worth. 10 or 15 billion in 10 years yeah it's weird you microsoft know, it's, has they have a ungodly lot of money. <laughs> amounts of money yeah <laughs> so that 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 is the, the other half of that I, I think another thing that's fun to kind of think about here when we talk about um platform exclusivity for for these games and i don't know if this is like a a relevant point it's just something i thought of that i thought was kind of fun was mm-hmm. would we because I, I never hear many people talking about this, but would we have similar expectations or why don't we have similar expectations for, let's say, streaming services? Mm. Why why does Disney Plus get to have, you know, all the Marvel stuff to itself? Why can't mm-hmm. it be on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon? It used to be Hulu's on Netflix. example because they own that too. Yeah. Uh, it, it did used to be on Netflix, yeah. you're right. Um, back when people... back You know, okay. Really why should aside, I have you, to buy... Yeah, five streaming services to see all the shows I want to watch. Why shouldn't all of the shows be available everywhere? Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. And I will say, so there was a period of time getting mm-hmm. this is to- kind of off topic, but Netflix had almost everything yeah. that you could ever want to watch. Like it had NBC shows, it had CBS shows, it had Disney movies, it had uh, it had it had everything. Mm-hmm. And in that like ten year period where Netflix had everything. Um, piracy went down. <laughs> like yeah. people started actually paying for content. Well, it's because they right? had yeah convenient access to content. Yeah. And now that we've got you know everyone's their own silo. Netflix has just Netflix, and Paramount just has CBS Paramount stuff, and HBO and Disney Plus and uh, NBC has its own Peacock service. Piracy's going back up again. So. Right. So we've we've reached a tipping point, and I'm pretty sure these a lot of these companies are going to start realizing, oh, this isn't profitable anymore. What are we going to do? Um, 
Well, and, and that's starting yeah. to happen already, right? Like there was just a mm-hmm. big uh, a big to do about Disney Disney mm-hmm. canceling a bunch of shows, um, mm-hmm. and not only canceling shows, but stuff that's only been on their streaming network for like one month. Yeah, they're pulling off because they realize mm-hmm. that by not having the content on there, they can essentially write it off as as a tax loss. <laughs> and it's more profitable than having that new show on their streaming service. That's so weird. Oh, I hate Imagine it. something that you worked on that actually made it out into the world. And then so, within one month, it's just gone because it was a better. It tax might happen. <laughs> it might happen. <laughs> it's I, fair. <laughs> I actually, uh, I worked, I've worked on a couple Disney plus shows at this point. Yeah. And one just and I'm came out. On okay. Disney, right. I'm not like pointing the finger. No, no, like, oh, yeah. like they all do it. Right. They're just, they're big. So yeah, I, but I, I want to tell you guys the name of a movie that that I worked on, and if you guys see it mysteriously disappear from Disney Plus, what Mike talked about specifically did happen to me. So hang on, I'm going to tell you what it is. They kind of just it, like dropped it. I didn't see any fanfare about this. Uh, oh my gosh, I'm trying so hard to log into Disney Plus <laughs> so I can tell you. I have tried on two different devices and it's not oh, working. Man. Give me a second. Um, there we go. Uh, it's called like Best. Oh, what is it called like world's best i think uh world yeah world's best okay it's called okay. world's best i uh i worked on so many visual effect shots in that movie uh it just randomly appeared on disney plus the other day never mm-hmm. heard anything about it i'm positive it's going to disappear uh within a couple weeks and uh so i'll let you know what that feels like mike when it when it happens okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Oof. yeah i know uh, our last comment came in from uh, Nate McKeever. Wrote in and said, "Overall, I'm pretty okay with it. Is it ideal? No, but I'm even fine with studios making exclusive deals. After all, the creators should be able to put their content where they want to." Hmm. That being said, even as a fan of a lot of Sony's output over the last several years, I find exclusivity deals uh, they have been making uh, to be pretty distasteful. I also don't think it's all Sony just being an evil empire. For example, mm. I wonder if a lot of the Squeenix cozying up to PlayStation recently with the Final Fantasy VII Remake and Final Fantasy uh, 16 is mm-hmm. less about Sony making deals and more about Square not liking what Microsoft offered. Uh, that's just me. What do you guys think? Um, I think that's interesting. I don't know the exact, you know, the terms of the exclusivity deals for Final Fantasy Remake and, and for 16. What mm-hmm. I suspect is that Sony gave them money towards the actual development of the game. They yeah. offered to, hey, you get to, it's still your IP, you get to own everything, you get to rake in all the money, um, but and, and we'll fund X number of millions of dollars of your development costs um, if you make it exclusive to our platform for the first six months or yeah, whatever Yeah, I think you're right. Is. I think that is what the deal was. And what's interesting is just a couple years ago, uh, Microsoft was starting to cozy up to Square Enix because mm-hmm. I remember them making a big push about oh, I don't remember what game it was but they added a ton of Final Fantasy games to Game Pass for example. Yeah. Um and you know and then kind of like after a year they all started disappearing one by one sure. with like little fanfare. And so I guess maybe maybe Square didn't make a ton of money on that deal and maybe that's another reason they went yeah. back to Sony. And, and you know, Square's in that in that position, uh, not unlike Nintendo. They don't they don't drop the prices of their stuff very much uh, for a long time. You know, it's it's less like Nintendo in that it's going to be sixty dollars forever or seventy dollars forever. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, 
Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think, is is what, like, f- four years old now? Came out 2019. So it's like four wow. to five years old now. And oh my uh, goodness. when it's on sale, it's on sale for like 40 bucks still. So because they know what they know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it still makes them money. And so, yeah, I imagine um, and, and I know lots of, you know, larger developers that said, you know, they they're not super keen about putting all of their stuff on a streaming service like, uh, you know, even streaming, but like a, a subscription service like Game Pass because mm-hmm. it's a it's a one time profit uh for you know one you get that one lump sum and then when your deal is over right well the game's been out for six months or a year you're not probably going to build that hype again and get a new wave of of purchases at that point right Um, yeah so yeah i i I don't know um that's that's a good point Mm -hmm. i i don't like the exclusivity deals either although i'll say i find Things being platform, time platform exclusives, I, I think to me, sit better than the really weird deals that I've seen in the past, like GameStop um, or Best Buy, sending a bunch of money to the developer to make, um, you know, certain missions or game content or items exclusive to like, right. oh, if you didn't buy it here, mm-hmm. if you didn't want a physical copy, well, guess what? You don't get to play this mission. It's like, oh, well. Yeah. That's yeah, that dumb. happened with Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I'm pretty sure it happened yeah. with Destiny 2. I think Destiny 2 had a couple, like, I think you're strikes right. that mm-hmm. were, like, Sony exclusive for years. And then they finally showed up on um, on PC and, and Microsoft yeah. uh, later. But um, I, I, As weird yeah. as it is, I find it to be way more distasteful than, mm-hmm. uh, than something being just completely exclusive to a platform for a set amount of time and maybe that's yeah. weird a weird distinction to make for some reason it rubs me the, the wrong way yeah no it is weird and it is kind of sony's favorite thing to do i think <laughs> it seems like <laughs> microsoft doesn't tend to do that as much it seems like um and uh and you know i i think i do think to the whole evil empire point that that nate was getting at um mm. i do think we currently tend to see sony as the evil empire and microsoft as like the underdog scrappy you know, um, has the best, the consumer's best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. But I mean, let's not forget that when the Xbox one was coming out, they, they were doing this thing where you bought a disc and then it was tied to your account and you couldn't sell that game used anymore. Yeah. Uh, like they, some Sony has been the evil empire before. And if they are ever back on top again, they will become the evil empire again. So, you know, yeah. it's not it, it's almost <laughs> it's almost like the way we do business in this this uh, kind of uh, country that we live in and this kind of world that we live in really um, encourages like anti-consumer practices. And it's almost like we need people to step in and prevent those things from happening you know and that that's basically what we do like you know we're, we're capitalism but we're like controlled capitalism or whatever that's called um yeah where where if you like basically i i think and i'm not i'm not an economist so please don't take this as like financial advice or anything but i think <laughs> that capitalism's default is a, everything's a monopoly and that's why you need government to like step in and stop that because that will that will kill innovation it will 
drive the price of everything up unfairly. Um, and so, like, you know, that's one thing I'm very happy about this this hearing because, the, you know, hopefully the government will look at this and be like, all right, well, what's going to be the, the consumer implications if this happens? And right. so... However, however it shapes up, I, I really hope they do their job. And also, I, I kind of am leaning toward thinking that they probably shouldn't let it happen because uh, I think it's just too big. It's too much. Well, and I, I think that's really the interesting part of this case, right, is what I would have expected is not what happened. What I would have expected is the FTC to step in and say, hey... We really want to examine this merger because you're just a really big company, Microsoft. I don't know if mm-hmm. you need to be buying more publishers. It seems like you're <laughs> kind of increasing your monopoly size. And instead, what they've said is like, well, Call of Duty is really popular. Maybe that should still be everywhere. Like, that's a lot to hang your Call of Duty is what we're hanging yeah. your hat on. Yeah. Like, you think Although just take a step back game. and like, uh, it, it is. Don't worry. I, I don't want to undersell like the value of Call of Duty. I just think it's weird the FTC wouldn't just take a step back and like Microsoft, like one of the three biggest companies on the planet. Yeah, you don't need to be buying any more companies. You're fine. In yeah. fact, maybe you're already too big for what you are. Mm-hmm. But we're not doing that. <laughs> we're saying no, Call of Duty is right. a problem. That is, that is a good, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, this 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 hearing shouldn't even be happening. It should just be no, you know. Yeah. But and, and, uh, and that's why there, there's a very a very likely outcome that this will end up passing the the very low bar the FTC has set, and Microsoft will mm-hmm. go forward with the merger because all they have to do is promise that the consumers won't be all the consumers can still get their precious Call of Duty, you know, wherever they want to buy it. <laughs> their precious Call of Duty. It's, to bring it's such everything a weird back case. to Gollum, right? To bring everything back to Gollum. <laughs> oh, man. What a weird... <laughs> it's such a weird case, but it's a weird country. It so It's a do? weird... Co- like, they let Disney buy everything, so why not let Microsoft buy everything? Right, I don't you know. know? Yeah. Anyway, uh, no. you know, I'm not, I'm not coming out as, like, anti-capitalism here in case it sounded like no, that. No, I just... I, it, you know, it, it, it's one of those things, like, I just... We're trying to be forward thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Game Pass is the best deal in gaming right now mm-hmm. because Microsoft kind of needs it to be. But right. what if in 10 years and they already they own the most publishers and most of the third party content is all coming from Microsoft? Will mm-hmm. Game Pass still be like an amazing deal or be like, well, Game Pass is the only way to get these games. So we mm-hmm. all have to have it. And we, yeah, we have to I'm, give Microsoft, and then they raise the price to $50 a month, and now we just are giving Microsoft $50 a month, and there's right. nothing we can do about it, because we got to have Game Pass. Right, know? and if and yeah. most of the publishers are working under it, and the publishers who aren't, well, guess what? If you want your game to be played by tons of people, you better be putting it on Game Pass for mm-hmm. one fee, Yeah, um, and yep. that's how this will work now. Right. So Wow. Mike, you should uh, you should record yourself saying that and uh, send it to the FTC <laughs> they real didn't quick. Care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm sure work the 80 for a company listening already, to so. your plea. The eighty year old listening to your plea will have no idea what you're talking about. Don't worry. <laughs> it's one of those funny things. Again, I, I I'm also not heavily politically minded, um, right? So I can't get into the specifics of things, but I'm aware enough to know that, like, well, we also tend to put people in charge of regulatory institutions in this country that used to work for companies like Verizon. And it's like, well, yeah, then I'm sure they're not biased at all. <laughs> oh man, that's so true. Oh man. Oh, that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? 
What are you gonna do? You know, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna keep play, buying stuff. I'm gonna play Baldur's <laughs> Gate three in like a month. Yeah. Let's see. What's up with That's that? That's what bear? I'll do. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what that bear do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mike, this has been another delightful episode. Thank yeah, you for uh, thank you for being my compadre, my uh, my brother in podcasting. Uh, <laughs> maybe one of these days we'll get Adam to rejoin us. Huh? What do you think? Do you think Fingers it's possible? Crossed. It's got to happen. Fingers crossed. It's got to. Even just for a one-off. Come on, Adam. Come on. I know you're listening. I'm. Lo- you're listening right now. Your ears perked up when we said your name, Adam. Come on, you know you want to come back. You know you miss us. Come on, guys night. Come on, hang out with us. Anyway, that's enough desperation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Do we have some uh, end of the show plugs for all? I'm sure we do. Um, So (laughs) come and hang out with us on Discord. It's the best place Mm -hmm. to actually chat with us on a regular basis. Really? Um, We're all there almost every day. Me, Mike, and Adam. What's the address Uh, for Discord? Yes, it's uh, bit.ly slash SBFVGS Discord. Um, stop on by. I think there's like a 10-minute limit uh, before you can talk, and that's just to be safe so we don't, like... Get flooded with bots. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, But if you just give it 10 minutes, mm-hmm. you will be able to talk and say hi to us and, you know, be our friend. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're about to start all kinds of fun stuff. When I start streaming again, we will start doing regular game nights again, do some Jackbox, uh, do some Mario Kart maybe. Um, so, uh, and that'll be over at twitch.tv slash SBFVGS. Mm-hmm. That's it. Twitch.tv slash SBFVGS. But we're not doing that until, you know, till around September. So for now, bit.ly slash SBFVGS discord, come hang out with us, be our friends so yeah uh so yeah anything else mike we've got a patreon uh patreon.com do not feel obligated but if you want to toss some funds in there to buy some coffees because you like the show help us buy do do some more uh what are they called game giveaways more giveaways yeah yeah Um, yeah like doing that stuff when we can um absolutely our uh podcast logo was designed and created by the handsomely faced mr eric kruger Mm. 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 back in the country you guys playing diablo uh yeah uh, we played uh the other day it was oh, fun cool. and uh we'll be playing again soon but he, he i don't think he's gonna be in the country very much this year so just globe trotting he's globe he's a globe he's a he's a rambling man that's what good he for is. him yeah um i think that about does it for this episode of super best friends video game sleepover this has been episode 100 and 91 yeah prominently featuring david's glowing tears of the kingdom review that's basically <laughs> the longest part of the, the podcast sadly uh but yeah uh, and and you know tune in next time for more long-winded reviews on gaming <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad actually we're, we're oh, pretty okay. much still on time for oh that's us. great for us for us for us but uh, yeah, see you guys next time, and uh, you know, catch you catch you soon. Goodbye, everybody. Let's see you guys.
Welcome everyone to uh, Super uh, blah, 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 blah. Keep it in. <laughs> Don't edit that out. That's All the right. raw audio. This is Super Mike. Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 191. It's perfect. First perfect. take, only take. That's Nailed how it, it. works. Nailed it. I forgot the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good sign. That's not a good sign. So this either... is a show that we've done for 10 years, and I forgot what it was called halfway through announcing the beginning of the show. So either you're so old that you're starting to lose your memory in general. Mm-hmm. There's definitely that. Or that just shows us how much we care about this show now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.